position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, welcome to episode number 255 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this again. I swear to God, we have more Friday the 13th than, like, I did not know there were so many Friday the 13th in five years. We did the math last year. But anyway, uh, being recorded for you on this glorious morning, uh, 10 a.m., Friday the 13th, September. Friday, okay, let's, let's try this again. Ah! Glorious Friday morning, 10 a.m., Friday, September 13th, 2019. That would make it for our sequel friends, 2019 uh, 10 a.m., left coast time, Pacific coast, coast with the most, coast with the power, power and the glory. Crack engineer Ivor Molina is not there in the booth, but he has left a message written in ectoplasm, which kind of looks like green, funky jizz, Mixed with, uh, you know, like when your, your air conditioner gets a leak in your car and you get that weird white ghostly film on your interior windshield. It kind of looks like that crossed with like, um, some sort of like, I will find you message right in creepy lipstick. But, uh, he says that he has finished his resurrection machine. Well, here's hoping that that doesn't work. 
uh, and that he will be activating it at midnight tonight. So hopefully he doesn't hope that there's a job for him because you're still fired, Ivor. Oh, he's banging against the glass again. All right, we're going to pretend that we didn't see that. So I have a huge show for you this week, but the... Ah, there it is. W-H-I-S... Whiskey, 10 a.m. Here we go, down the hatch. Oh, boy. Mmm. Over the teeth and past the gums. Look out, stomach. Here she comes. Mm. Ah. Huge show. Huge show. But first, let's get to our top stories. We only have one top story for you this week. Because oddly enough, everything's sorted out. It's like one of those magical weeks where everything sorts out into exactly the segment that it needs to belong to. Which has been very rare. Few and far between lately. So, we only have one top story for you this week. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, including uh, online, including the Diamond Casino update thing that you've probably seen commercials for and shit. Um, if you own Grand Theft Auto 5 online, it's free. That whole update comes to you for free. But uh, I was talking to Jojo Kimon, uh Kendall a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was like, oh yeah, I played Grand Theft Auto 5 online, and blah 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 blah. <coughs> And I was like, and I think he plays it on console. But I was like, oh, cool, well, let me just boot it up right now, you know? And for the first time ever, it didn't work. Well, I don't know if it's the first time ever, because it's been, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto V online for a long time. But I got like 200 hours logged in it. But, um... So then I, I went on a quest to figure out what the fuck... And uh, all you have to do is add a, uh, if you go to ProtonDB and look up Grand Theft Auto 5, it'll show you, uh, in one of those reviews, it'll show you the uh, line that you need to add to your startup options. It completely fixes everything. It makes it run just like it did before. Um, which is awesome, because I have uh, a lot of friends who have been dormant. Grand Theft Auto 5 Online, by the way, is one of my favorite games um, in recent memory, uh, especially in terms of playing with your friends, uh, which is better than playing with your enemies, because of its cross-platform compatibility. So you can make new friends, meet new friends, sucker other people into, you know, joining the Linux cult. We're not a cult. We're a movement. And a movement that will pave over you if you stand in our way. Don't worry, we're, we're non-violent. We are very non-violent. But we will control what you do and see. Meaning we are going to throw off the shackles. That's how we roll. See, that's just, that's just what Linux does. But anyway, so like, uh, now that I can join my friends again, the Diamond Casino update awakened many dormant people. Like, uh, an old friend of mine from Seven Days to Die, Violet, loves this fucking game. It's like, she's up to like fucking 500k already. I, I have still uh, 2.5 million that I have I, my my uh, total earnings have been 19 million, I've spent it all except for 2.5, but um, I'm looking forward to playing with her and everybody else later on tonight we'll be live streaming some of that I imagine um, but you do need, don't be frustrated if it doesn't work at first, you have to add a this line to maybe we'll be able to get in the show notes normally I would task Ivor with this but considering that he's dead and he's fired you're still fired Ivor that's right buddy 
Oh, man, that green glowing orb that he personifies him that he uses to manifest himself in the booth with when it turns purple like that it means that he's angry so oh god there it goes again oh jesus the soundproofing not enough oh boy okay so moving on so grand theft auto 5 online which is a great game even if you hated grand theft auto 5 even if you hate all of grand theft auto grand theft auto 5 online is so worth it uh yeah, like, it's it's totally worth it. I, I would recommend that you get, like, the uh, Criminal Enterprise Starter Pack, which is, like, 20 bucks, I think. Um, game itself is 20 bucks, but that'll get you off in good stead. So for 40 bucks, like, you can be running your own miniature criminal empire uh, and play with your friends. And, like, you know, for me, like, playing with your friends, just ask Beardy J. We haven't seen in a long time, actually. I miss that motherfucker. Beardy J lives in Scotland. Beardy J and I one day went on a fucking reign of terror. I'm like, okay, hey, yeah, this is like the first time he ever met me, he ever um, met up with me online in the game. And I was like, okay, Beardy, yeah, meet me over, you know, where I am. Just, you know, fucking pop the map open and fucking come to my area, which is like by the drug lab, by my cocaine, uh, my cocaine uh, lockup, by uh, the airport in uh, Shady Sands or whatever. And, uh, I'll be waiting. Uh, you'll need to bring body armor and, uh, a helmet might be nice. And so, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, he pulls up. I'm like, cool, get on the bike. Gets on the bike. We drive, like, 30 seconds away to the airport. I'm like, okay, you're gonna, you'll fly. I'll, <laughs> I'll fire. He's like, I don't know how to fly. I'm like, don't worry. Pop open to my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> summon my Apache attack helicopter <laughs> bam it's there we drive down the runway to it I'm like okay you gotta get in first buddy you gotta get you're you're, you're flying I'm firing mm. and then the reign of terror began it was awesome it was awesome it was like we're crashing the helicopter and all sorts of separate shit and blowing up and we aggravated a bunch of players who just like all started hunting us and we just I just busted out my fucking missiles and I'm like out there with a rocket launcher and I'm like hey bitches and I'm like talking to Bully I'm like Bully we gotta like lure him out into the open come on man we gotta I'll go out there you gotta shoot him though you gotta shoot him oh it was so great so much fun urban combat um so if you want a taste of that, that is now available. Now it's time for the new and noteworthy. We have one hell of a new and noteworthy for you. One hell of a new and noteworthy for you on this Friday the 13th. Ah. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So only one new and noteworthy, uh, but it is fucking new and it is fucking noteworthy. It is called Greedfall. G-R-E-E-D-F-A-L-L. And pursuant to uh, show tradition, long lost, before I talk about the game, let's hear what the developers have to say about it. Uh, the developer is actually a, a team called Spiders. is published by Focus Interactive, who we will revisit later on in the show. Focus Interactive. I love it. The, the develop, development team, they called themselves Spiders, not Spider. Because, like, Spider is not scary. Spiders are scary. Like, you know, I always think about this. Like, you know, I, I take baths, not showers. Like, uh, permit me this one digression from the mainstream of this evening, of this morning symposium. But every time I had a... We, <laughs> Jokimon and I had a friend named Alex who... 
used to tell me these terrifying stories and imagination, imaginings about spiders. Like, what if I take baths instead of showers? What if one day you turn on your bathtub, you know, you, you open the spigot or whatever, and instead of water, outpoured spiders. Now, if outpoured a spider, that would not be scary. But spiders, even more than one, like even if it's only like three, I'm never taking a bath again. I'm never, I'm never bathing again. And I bathe irregularly as it is. So, anyway, but I love how they're called spiders. So, Greedfall, back to the game. Greedfall, oh boy. They say... Engage in a core role-playing experience and forge the destiny of a new world, seeping with magic and filled with riches, lost secrets, and fantastic creatures. With diplomacy, deception, and force, become part of a living, evolving world, influencing its course and shape your story. Terrible, terrible copy. Because this game sings. I mean it. It sings. Even the screenshots they have, just, oh my god, they sing. I didn't get any chance to play this game other than uh, making sure that it ran. And to make sure that, and, and for, in order for it to run on a Linux system, you will have to implement some form of the MF Plat Fix, the Media Foundation uh, Plat DLL Fix. There is one available on GitHub. I'm going to read to you exactly... Actually, you know what? I'll copy this into... Because I posted it on our Discord uh, hub or thread or whatever. If you don't read our Discord, you probably should. It's it's where we put the show together lots of times. Uh, bully lockers and everybody, you know, people popping up fucking hints and tips and shit news and items and stuff but here I'll read it for you just in case you don't have access to like the full Greedfall runs great after you apply any of the MF plat fixes mine which I do walk you through in a previous Best Linux Games podcast The Column which can be found on our website www.bestlinksgames.com which might soon be changing because we're having problems updating it so I am now actively looking at post-October um, having a full new completely redesigned website and I'm working on exporting all of the shit that's in there over the last five years to a new design which is nothing I have time for right now. I'm I'm slammed with deadlines. But anyway, so Greedfall runs great after you apply any of the MF plat fixes. My, oh yeah, by the way, the MF plat fixes you can find them in the Best Links Games the column www.bestlinksgames.com top of the page it says Best Links Games, the column. Click on that. I think it's like the third one down. We talk about how to do MF Plat fixes uh, using um, a Dropbox version of MF Plat that, we, that we've made available to the public. Um, the DLL that you need. Um, but this one is much better because it runs across all versions. So, after you play in the MF Plat fixes, mine or your own, or the one at the GitHub, Zozo... Zaz Oz MF install MF hyphen install. Uh, all you need to do is run the game once, so it creates a prefix for you and your Steam Proton Dur, which is always something like, you know, uh, tilde slash whatever the fuck, and then uh, slash Steam slash Steam apps slash comp at data slash, and this is. Direct, this is only relevant to Greedfall 606880 that's the Steam ID slash PFX and then all you have to do is in a terminal type in export 
a space wine prefix all in caps of, you know, it doesn't really matter, I don't think, uh, equals, and then that path, um, and then you just run the MF MF install dot shell that you get from git cloning, uh, that, uh, git library, that github library, that, that github yeah, that, that GitHub library, I guess. I guess it's a library. You could call it a library. Um, and it'll fix it. It'll patch it for you, and then it runs straight out the box. Well, not straight out the box, but with that modification, it runs perfectly. Um, this game is fucking nuts. I played it for like 10 minutes. Uh, the costumes in it are fantastic and were dispiriting to me because they impinge on my enthusiasm for develop for finishing the development of my own game, which has now gone on for too many fucking years. It's a pirate game. This game is very pirate. Very 19th century pirate costume fantasy sword fighting the type, like, we're talking like rapier and saber fighting, the type of sword fighting that I like, not fucking stupid broadswords, blah, it's like almost like a Napoleonic era uh, RPG I mean, there are muskets, there's 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 uh, ranged combat with um, with pistols and etc, etc, etc fantastic environs that look like a mashup between the American West circa um the late 19th century crossed with like Princess Bride it's it's just um, the, the costumes themselves are just amazing the environments are incredible and the enemies they seem fantastic I have not yet experienced that much of it but you can look forward to a fucking full review maybe as soon as the week after next I'm gonna try to grind out a review of Greedfall before I have to leave uh this week, this upcoming week, so I am very excited to play this game, it looks fantastic came out September 9th, 2019 Greedfall is $49.99 and it runs great, I mean it runs great on Linux, once again in case you're new to the show uh, I run a 1080Ti um, NVIDIA 1080Ti if you if you if you have that class of card, or, you know, better, or an AMD equivalent, it should run fantastically on your machine. Uh, yeah, and it just came out four days ago, so that's, it's a good sign. It's a good sign of the thawing of the uh, release schedule. The perennial release schedule always slowing down in the doldrums of summer, meaning August. Um, you know, I don't know if it's worth it. I know that one of my old friends, one of my old players from IHC, fucking loves this game. He has no free time to play video games, and every time I am on Steam, I see him playing this game, which is crazy. Like, I mean, he's... This is Hyatt, too. He's going to fucking school, and he's running his parent, his family business. Um, You know, he's like... I, I wonder if he's... He might be 21 or 22, but uh, he has no free time at all. And he's always playing Greedfall. Uh, I'm excited to play it too. There's just one screenshot of like them fighting over a precipice that it's like reminiscent of a side-scrolling platformer, pseudo Prince of Persia, um, with just perfect form. And that's you know that also hits me in my weak spot for my own game that I've been working on, the Swashbuckler. But um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, up next, our feature, our promised feature, 
now delayed for many weeks. Hit it. Well, I guess I'll hit it because Ivor is busy working on his resurrection machine. Jesus Christ. You're fired, Ivor! Don't come back! Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's Bolivians. Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. And now at last, our feature, which we are calling No Man's Sky, The Good, The Bad, The New, and The Tired. And this is focused on No Man's Sky post their massive update that hit, I guess, mid-August. Um, we have played enough of it to now tell you everything that you need to know. Well, not maybe not everything, but a lot of the everything. So let's do it. As reported, like, on this here very podcast, um, I guess this was two weeks ago, or three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. No Man's Sky... Oh, no, 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 it was longer than that. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. No Man's Sky had a massive update that changed... It didn't change a lot of things, it added a lot of things, including virtual reality support. Now, since... The mainstream of our audience does not give a fuck about virtual reality, which I can't really blame them for because, you know, you all suck. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Most people don't have fucking virtual reality setups yet because most people are wisely cautious and most people don't have to run a fucking podcast about video gaming on Linux. They're like, yours truly. So... I like you know I can understand their reticence to fork over like you know the grand necessary to you know cram into their tiny little rooms or whatever their fucking brand new virtual reality shit that probably won't even fucking work with any of the games they fucking want to play. That's the way it used to be. Post Valve Index though, I find that if it the major obstacle these days isn't um, virtual reality because Valve has spent so much time and money after, you know, going, oh, I guess we're going to make a virtual reality headset too, and a whole system. They've spent a lot of time updating Steam VR, and a lot of developers have paid attention to this, especially with the functionality of the Knuckles controllers, which sing in No Man's Sky. But this feature is not necessarily, in fact, it's it's about half and half, because I want to talk about the game. I don't generally play the game in virtual reality. Just because... Um, just because I find flight in the spaceship to be so not so difficult I've gotten good enough to where I can handle myself in a dogfight in virtual reality but it is irritating and it's not as good as um, the space exploration on foot but anyway so after a rocky rollout of this new update which basically borked fucking No Man's Sky for a lot of players on both in Linux and in Windows um, right after it came out, the first thing I said was, everyone be fucking patient. These fucking guys, they will, you know, Hello Games will fucking address this shit. It might take them several weeks. It might take them several months, but they will address this shit in order of, you know, they'll triage it and they will address it because it only took them two years to fucking create a functional game. So, 
several weeks now and many patches later, performance issues have all but vanished uh, on Linux, at least, for me. Um, really, all but vanished. It runs as good or better than it used to run. In terms of virtual reality, it runs fantastic. It runs great. It runs A-OK now in virtual reality. It's hard to control the spaceship, though, in virtual reality, which is a real bummer because instead of... So this is one of the things that I would I would cite as the bad because this game, when you're on foot in virtual reality, is unfucking believable It is a much better play experience in virtual reality when you're on foot, when you're on a new planet and exploring a new planet. I have a deformed thumb, which makes using the jetpack very difficult because the jetpack, okay, if you imagine in your mind's eye, there are two buttons and my, my thumb, there are two buttons. They are one on top of the other along an X, along a, like a Z axis. The B button is above the A button. I have to reach to hit the B button. My deformed thumb before my operation, which I hope will be soon sometime because now it's starting to hurt. My thumb is as thick as two thumbs. I mean that literally. I don't mean that like figuratively like I'm all thumbs. I mean that literally. My right thumb is as thick as two thumbs on the pad of my thumb. It's like I have another thumb growing out of the center of my thumb. The jetpack is the B button. The highest button. I cannot hit the B button without hitting the A button. That's my problem. Other than that, exploring the surface of a planet in virtual reality and harvesting its resources with your mining laser and shit like that is fantastic. I mean, it is unbelievably fantastic. Getting in and out of your ship is also fantastic. Um, managing your weapon systems in virtual reality is, you guessed it, fantastic. Although a little problematic in the sense that you have to switch. You have on your wrists in the virtual world, you have two separate controls when you turn your wrist over and you bring your hand up to your virtual face, your virtual hand up to your virtual face. You can press these buttons that take you to sub-menus that or just toggle, straight up toggle through um, various weapon interfaces and various build modes and quick menus and stuff like that. (coughs) It is a much more intuitive and easy to use system, both in terms of the build menus as well as in terms of the uh, weapon switching than it is in non-virtual reality. Um... (coughs) It looks astonishing. Uh, the major performance uh, improvements for virtual reality have made it just as easy and delightful to play um, in VR, especially with the Valve Index, in my experience. Um, it makes the 3D, the 3D of the game, uh, the 3D of the headset makes the game unbelievable. Um... It really does, because you feel like you're on this fucking planet, and like, they're giant creatures and there's all this shit, and you're just like, I am here. Other nice thing about playing it with the Valve Index, and I don't know, I can't speak to experience with the uh, Vive, HTC Vive, um, because I've never gotten to play No Man's Sky with the Vive, and I never will, 
Um, nice thing about playing it with the index is that the index doesn't. T- I have not stopped a play session in No Man's Sky for which I am famous for you know starting a live stream of No Man's Sky just like in normal you know outside of VR playing I'm like I only have an hour and a half but we're going to try to do these three things you know and I will say that at the start of the at the start of the live stream and then four and a half hours later I'm like oh my god I have to get up for work in an hour and we're going to die I have to go <laughs> seriously that's no man's sky for you like once it gets under your skin like you will just fall in love with this game and it's it doesn't make it easy to fall in love with at first because it's so inscrutable but it's also perfect it's really perfect after they after they did all the updates and stuff um I'm talking about like not this last series of updates. I'm talking about like the major series of updates from about two years ago. They they made this game something that really sings. So and in 3D, it's just amazing. It is mesmerizing. And I at no point have I had to quit playing No Man's Sky due to tiredness of eyes, which is something that used to happen to me in a lot of virtual reality games uh, when I ran the HTC Vive. The reason being, like, there's no, there's less of a screen door effect when you run the um, index at uh, 120, I think it's 120 hertz. There's, like, no screen door effect at all. Like, it's, it's not noticeable. Like, I mean, you can't see it. Um... And that makes it so much easier on your eyes that, like, I could sit there and play it for, you know, three hours if I wanted to. Um, and the headset is not the most comfortable headset in the world. I, I find the Vive actually to be more comfortable than the Index. But the Index is comfortable enough that because you can play No Man's Sky sitting or standing, if you want to play it standing, you can play it standing. It adjusts fairly rapidly. Um... Blah. The other thing about, last thing about playing it in virtual reality, and then we'll get to all the new stuff that you can play in any, you know, with just like a controller or whatever, or a mouse, if you're into mice, which I'm not into mice. Um, are you into mice, man? Other thing is, I've managed to get the uh, Index's um, audio to work, so it's over-the-ear um, stereo Oh, they're over the ear. They're not. They're not inside the ear. They're outside the ear. Stereo uh, speakers to work along with their microphone. And I've recorded several live streams with both of those things. I need to pull all the filters off of my microphone for for my OBS settings because the microphone in the index is so good. Um, I gotta remember to do that. Mm. But the stereo imaging that you get from these over-the-ear speakers, they're external to the ear. They hover just outside of your ear. They flip down. It is the most amazing sound. I have nothing to compare it with, but for me, it is, in No Man's Sky, it is the most amazing sound that I have ever heard. Like, you become aware of, like, distant rumbling and shit, like if you're near a monolith or something, from very far away and you can track it with with your head 
And then when you're right at the monolith, it is so loud. It's not so loud. It's so uniform in where it appears in the stereo spectrum. And then like something will attack you, like a sentinel will attack you from behind, like from your back right. And you will know it's from your back right from the stereo spectrum. It's unlike the sound in this game via the valve index via the valve index is unlike anything I've ever heard. Um really. And I you know, I don't have a huge fancy stereo system or anything. I have a sound bar um on my TV and I just have two, you know, normal stereo just two just right and left analog speakers that run my normal sound from my normal games. So I might not be the best person to talk about in terms of talk to or listen to in terms of the quality of the sound. It is insane though. And I've been working in audio for since I, since I, since I was 15. So it's 24 years. More whiskey. It is, it's impressive. And also the ability to just whip out your, whip out your, your multi-tool, which is a giant gun. In my case, it's a giant gun. It's a rifle-sized gun. I like that you don't have to use the grip, the the knuckles grips to hold the gun, because you can't ever drop the multi-tool. So that makes sense. Um, it's not like, they're not, it's a different effect than Pavlov VR, where if you let go of your grip, you drop the gun. I mean, you literally drop it to the ground. You have to pick it back up which is a big pain in the ass. It only happens very rarely to me anymore in Pablo VR, but it's amazing. And then you just reach back behind your, you know, your shoulder and you let you let go and it stows stows your multi-tool, stows your gun. And so then you just have two free hands that are good for nothing. Um, one other thing about VR though, oh shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, fuck. Oh yeah. The moment that it worked in VR, I almost shit my pants because it doesn't really tell you how to play the game in VR at first like it like it has great contextual help that just like kind of appears on your heads up display it's not like a big obtrusive thing but you can miss a lot of things which is great because then eventually you'll be like I really need to know how to do this and you'll start paying attention to a lot of these things that constantly you know blah and they're very they're generally very accurate, but the one that didn't show up was how to fucking activate your head visor, which is how you scan shit, and scanning shit is like 90% of the fucking game well, I would say uh, 70%, you know, whatever, depends on how greedy you are, if you want a lot of money you're gonna need to upgrade your visor and you're gonna need to scan everything on every fucking planet that you find, I have 195 million no, I had 167 million I bought three new freighters um, I'm down to 128 million or something like that. Um, but so I'm like, I'm like, oh fuck, how the fuck do I do this? Because I'm in a headset. I don't want to have to fucking open up my uh, my iPhone or you know jump out of the game and like you know blocks. I'm live streaming, and I was like, fuck it. And I used my left hand and I just like pulled down on the side of my head, on the left side of my head, and bam, scanning mode activated. Pull down again. And bam, scanning mode deactivated, just like flipping down a visor. It was really, really, really cool. The developers themselves, Hello Games, have said that the game was originally meant to be played in virtual reality, and it sings in virtual reality. Now, for the good, the bad, the new, and the tired, let's talk about the game. For 
all of the rest of everything that we have to say here is outside of virtual reality and inside of virtual reality. We're not going to bring up VR again, though. So, first of all, it took, after the updates, after the updates from, like, you know, last month or whatever, uh, finally kicked in, and then they issued a series of patches that really fixed a lot of performance issues. Um especially for Linux, especially for me, they made the game playable, then they made the game completely playable again, and then they further optimized it to where I think it runs better now than it ever did. Um, it took it took a while for, for me to wait for those updates to accrue to the point where the game was actually completely functional again, and so I could get enough time in to play it. Uh, I've logged since those updates, I have logged now 36 hours. And that's like over the last uh, two and a half weeks. It's a lot of time for me in a single game. That's two, almost two reviews worth of any other game. That's because I forgot how much I love No Man's Sky. Because No Man's Sky is a fantastically lovable game. Um the sense of freedom, the sense of exploration, the fact that all the worlds are procedurally generated with all of the creatures procedurally generated on each world, each solar system is procedurally generated, the galaxy itself is procedurally generated. Um, so here's the, the new stuff. Okay, where to start? The good. Let's start with the good. There are new technology modules and play mechanics. These you can get access to by summoning the space anomaly when you're in outer space outside of a planet. You can summon the space anomaly. That's where Nada, pre-Senity Nada and Chief Specialist Polo live now. They no longer live in the old anomaly. They live in the new anomaly. And the new anomaly is a multiplayer hub called the Nexus that's inside of the anomaly. The animation for going into the Nexus, into the anomaly is now just unbelievable. It's just crazy. It's crazy cool. And then you see how many people are in there as you're landing. That gives you like a snapshot of who's running on your server. The Nexus is in the middle of the landing area. It's a big space cube. That's where you launch cooperative missions with other players. Um, and you can invite other people to join you and them. They have to be there though. Um, it's pretty cool. Downside of this is that if you've beaten the game three times, depending on what you're, it's the thing. It's a very subjective game. No Man's Sky is not a game that really f- tasks you with doing sweet fuckity fuck all. There's lots of stuff to do. There's lots of things to do. There's lots of things to see and do. There are giant quests that will take you hundreds of hours to complete. But if you've completed them, there's one that will always repeat. And I, I you know, I feel like hey, it should be a spoiler alert, but that takes hundreds of hours to complete. Um, I'm on my third galaxy. Uh it took me about it took me only about 36 hours this time because I have, you know, 192 million credits when I started uh post the update. It took me only about 
Uh, I think I was at 199. It took me about uh, I'm gonna go five hours ago. So like the uh, 32 hours or whatever to complete the Atlas path. You don't even know what I'm talking about if you've not played the game, and that's okay. You won't know what I'm talking about until you've played the game for about eh, 30 hours or 40 or 50 hours if you ever run into the Atlas Path. Um, that's the type of game it is. It doesn't care where you go or what the fuck you do um, or what you research or what you learn how to do or what you build or where you build it. It doesn't give a fuck. It's like, oh, fine, here, yeah, go, yeah, sure. I'm going to create, I'm generating literally 16, it's like, I think it was like 17 trillion different fucking plants, something like that. So, fine. The Nexus, though, is both good, new, and also bad and tired. Because if you're like me, you have no reason, there's no compelling reason to complete any of the Nexus missions with anyone for any reason because you've basically done everything in the game. Now, I haven't done any of the Nexus missions with anyone else yet. I know, so I'm probably not one to to talk, but there, I don't know what they could possibly offer me in terms of fantastic wealth, rare items, or anything that could possibly improve the technology tree as I know it now, because I now am brought back up to familiar with all the new additions to the technology tree, which is where we started this bullet point. So, back to that. Beyond Polo and Nada on the second level of the, the, the space anomaly, there are now these four technology stations, one for Exocraft, like, you know, the, um, the Batman motorcycle and stuff like that, uh, and the Nautilus and et cetera, which I don't care about. I still don't care about the Nautilus. I built my one underground base, my uh, one under the sea base, although under the sea is the prettiest place in the entire game on any planet. Generally, that's absolutely 100% true. Um, <coughs> but it's also ironically the biggest pain in the ass to explore, which doesn't make any sense because why would under the sea, if you're in a spacesuit, why would water be a big fucking problem for you? Why would I have an oxygen thing that like doubles my oxygen? Like what? I'm on a fucking planet that is covered in radioactive fucking uh, tornado storms radioactive supercells that look like tornadoes of fire that cover your screen for 20 minutes, and I can still survive. You know, my oxygen isn't the thing I need to replenish. It's my heat reserves I need to replenish all the time. But, you know, blah. But then, yeah, I get underwater, and all of a sudden, my oxygen is just dying. It's like, what, you're sucking out oxygen from a firestorm? I'd imagine the firestorm probably sucks out a lot of the oxygen from whatever oxygen there is on the planet. Anyway, I'm just saying. It's one of those things that bothers me. But, um, there's no technology that I need or want. But, there are new technology elements that you will need and or want, and those are on those four um, technology stations. One of which is the new survey scanner. Now, the survey scanner file this under the good and the new the survey scanner, when you're on the surface of a planet and you're looking for resources, in the past you had to just scan shit and I mean you could destroy anything and harvest it for whatever the fuck it was just randomly um but that's the other new good thing, the stack sizes have like exploded 
what you can carry in your exosuit is like five to ten times as much per stack than it used to be. And I forgot what it used to be because I've been playing it for so long under the new rules. Your exosuits expanded cargo, all of which I've maxed out now. There's no more... I can't expand my exosuit main storage or my exosuit uh, cargo storage. The cargo storage stacks more. Cargo storage now stacks 10,000 units of anything that will be... that, that that's allowed to stack at that size. That includes carbon, ferrite, pure ferrite, magnetite, um, iridium, uh, activated iridium, uh, cadmium, all the oxygen, uh, sodium, uh, sodium nitrite, uh, cobalt, activated cobalt, uh, you know, all the, all the normal chemical shit that you have to carry with you all the time, it now stacks at 10,000, making it a lot easier to get to the fucking center of the galaxy, by the way, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So, where was I? Um, oh yeah, so the survey scanner. So you land on a planet, and you want to set up a base there, because it's a really cool planet. Like, let's say it has, um, let's say it's a scaling planet, or a, uh, or a glitch planet. Glitch planets are great fun to capture glitches from. But you want to be able to go back there and capture more glitches, and you want to have a teleporter there. So, this brings us to what I thought originally was one of the bad elements of the game, but now I've come to understand it's actually one of the good elements of the game. The wiring system. There's now a wiring and power component to the game. Now, I kind of remember there being something similar to this uh, in earlier iterations, but they've taken it to like a starbound level. It's a very ugly system, and it's not the world's most efficient system. Basically, no matter where you are, you have to set up... If you want constant power to a teleporter, you need to set up solar panels, two solar panels connected to one battery. So, that's per structure, generally, that you have. It's like, if you want to run... And there, there, there's math involved in this, and it's pretty easy to do math. It's math that's even so simple that it does not escape even myself with my dyscalculia. But it, at first, it does seem like a pain in the ass. Mm. But to power up a fucking teleporter on another planet and keep it powered up so you can teleport back there on a continuous basis... I would generally say, because you need enough power to survive a 15 minute to 22 minute long night. So that means your solar panels need to be numerous enough and your batteries need to be capacitive, capacious, there we go, capacious enough to store enough power during the night to power it all through the next night cycle while recharging during the next day cycle. These are logistical things. So you need a base computer, then you throw down a teleporter, which is unpowered at that point. Then you throw down, you know, two solar panels, hoping that it's day, and it's almost generally never day anymore. It's a weird thing that I've noticed. Mm. But then if you really want to do that, then if it's night, then you just get back in your ship and fly to the other side of the planet, or whichever side of the planet is facing the sun, and bam, you got day. You just look for that little gray area, which is kind of hard to find, where like the the sun's moving across the planet. Anyway, but that's what, this is the shit you do. And it's so fun. It's so arcadey and awesome. But anyway, so you bust out, throw down a fucking teleporter next to your base computer after you name your base or whatever. Name the planet, hopefully, so you can remember where the fuck it is and name the system so you can remember where the planet is. I have a, I have a, my favorite base from back in the day is on a Torrid planet. It was the first Torrid planet I found. It's, uh, 
fuck, what is its official designation in like, oh uh, god, it would be um oh god going from lowest to highest it would be uh Camp Torrid on Toridia Prime in uh the t- in the Torrid system, so it'd be Torrid system, Toridia Prime, Camp Torrid. <laughs> it's awesome, but uh, anyway, so then you, and then you throw down the two solar panels. You throw down the the battery. You wire them to the battery. Then you wire the battery to the um, teleporter. Uh, and if it's day, then the solar panels will deploy themselves. They'll open up. They close during the night and during storms. Um, and begin feeding juice to your battery. The alternative to this is setting up a biofuel reactor. Let's say you need to get out of this planet immediately and you have no other option but you you have, you have no other option in terms of like gathering resources. Like let's say you're caught in like a some sort of storm or extreme weather event or sentinels are hunting you or something horrible is happening. You can set up a biofuel reactor, which requires either oxygen or carbon, and at immense quantities. It takes like 2,000 units of those things, and those are crucial elements that are kind of a pain in the ass to harvest because you can't buy carbon anywhere. You can buy oxygen at almost any station, um, and you don't really need it a lot unless you're going to the center of the universe or building bases everywhere, but... um Biofuel reactors are incredibly inefficient and they suck. Okay. This leads us back to the survey scanner. And the solar panels, once you have them all deployed and everything and you you know the weather and everything, then it's going to be fine. You're going to be able to get back there at will. In fact, you can get back there at will from any station, I think, without a teleporter, but you can't teleport off that rock without a teleporter. Anyway, we're getting into the weeds here. The new survey scanner is another scanning visor module that you have to learn. You can buy it with uh, salvage points, I think, or uh, nanites from the uh, Space Anomaly. Behind Polo and Nada, there are those four tech stations. One of them has the survey scanner. They don't tell you this. They just say, assemble the survey scanner, assemble the survey scanner, assemble the survey scanner, assemble the survey scanner. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? I can't assemble a survey scanner. Well, once you get the blueprint, you can assemble the survey scanner. It's very easy, very cheap to buy, blah. So now you're on a plant, you have the survey scanner. So you open up scanning mode. You press uh, the right button on the D-pad, it switches to a beige, sepia-toned view of the world that you're on. In the center are two um, proximity pulsers. Like, they look like half circles, and they're split down the middle of your screen. When you're to the right of uh, a place that you're trying to find, it shows that the right side will start blinking. If you're to the left, the left side. And if you're dead on, if it's straight ahead, then both will be blinking at the same time. Once you get there, at exactly the point of of the survey scan, it will automatically begin analyzing. Once it's analyzed, that site is available for use. And there are four, t- uh, three or four types of uses. There are geothermal energy 
sites that like where you can gather gases and resources there are mineral resources where you can set up miners this is another form of technology that is new these are not auto miners these are deep core mining facilities these require a mining thing and then a pipe to a supply depot that stores the stuff that's offloaded from the mining thing and then then you can access those resources blah like i have one that's uh harvesting emerald Although I'm soon to be at the center of the galaxy and therefore will be starting a new game again. It'll be my fourth galaxy because I've completed the Atlas path finally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to look forward to the new stuff. But this is really cool. If you've never played the game before, this is such a great fucking new feature. You can't automatically switch the type of resource that you're scanning. Like I said, there's like a gas thing. There's a natural mineral resource kind of thing which involves deep mining. And then there is a power resource, electromagnetic hotspots or something like that. If you build a power, if you build one of the power stations, a power station, thats I can't remember what it's called, but it's like electro, you know, fucking mining power rod thing. If you build one of those, that will power everything indefinitely. You might need to build more than one, um, which I'm not sure if you can, but that augmented with any sort of solar backups and a battery into a battery, I think will charge instantaneously and it will run an entire humongous fucking base. This does limit the areas in which you're able to operate your base. For instance, one of the problems that I had when I started the game post the update and could actually play the game, I found that it had wrecked a lot of my bases because it had stripped out a lot of my power sources and therefore nothing worked and it, like including storage cubes which is a big pain in the ass because it's hard to wire up enough um solar panels and batteries i had a huge base i had 32 fucking uh i had 32 farm tables each one requires power um i don't know what the fuck i'm going to do with that place now but that's okay, because it'll all be gone when I reach the center of the galaxy, and I basically get to start over again, but with all of my augments. Should have said that that was a spoiler alert, but blah, if you want to go to the center of the universe, by the way, <laughs> here's, here's a spoiler alert, um, it will destroy, it'll break almost everything that you have. You'll have to repair almost everything you have, so if you go to the center of the universe before you make the leap, stock up on 10,000 units of ferrite, at least 10 cobalt mirrors, 15 wiring loom, you know, 5 to 10 wiring looms, um, tons of carbon, you're gonna need, like, 10,000 units of carbon, 10,000 units of condensed carbon, uh, 10,000 units of oxygen, um, all of this is overkill, but trust me, uh, the second time I did this, it almost killed me instantly, um, so, you know, you need to do that, and you need, you need to be able to repair your, your spaceship, um, all the stuff that you have on your uh, freighter and stuff, your capital ships and all of your fleet will come with you to the new the new galaxy, but you will start from zero, basically. You'll have all your credits um, and you'll have all the resources that you have and all the modules, but almost all the modules will be broken and some of them require very specific, very expensive, very difficult to find um, items, as I'm sure you know. So the survey scanner is awesome. The survey scanner is a new fun thing. It only sucks that you can't switch 
which thing you're scanning for. You have to actually move away from wherever it is the closest thing that it's detected. You have to move far enough away for it to detect something new. And the electrical, the, the, the sites that actually generate power are few and far between on most plants. I've only successfully found and deployed one of those generators. Um, <coughs> but it does make it worth it to build a really big base someplace where you can find all the stuff that you need and is cool looking and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So if you play the game like I do, which is just pure exploration, like I don't really give a fuck where I'm going at this point because I'd be in the game. I've done everything that you can do in the game, basically. So I thought, like, until two weeks ago when, or no, uh, 10 days ago, when I was looking for Emerald again. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about the Atlas Path because you don't need to know about that, but uh, I need Emerald, and I had, I run out, and I spent three days, you know, looking for Emerald, and, I re- and then I remembered, oh wait, you know what, they're always in the green fucking places, those are always outside of, uh, you know, outside of the, the Path of the Galactic Core, so I jumped to a uh, green plant, a uh, green system, and uh, I set up a base there, and, uh, it was so cool because I was like, I'm going to need more emerald before this is done, and there's not enough emerald on the surface, so the survey scanner helped me to find an emerald deposit that's, you know, way deep below the surface, and they're infinite. I think that they're infinite. So I set up a whole mining facility there to just constantly mine emerald for me. These things require power as well, so you have to set up, you know, solar panels to power them and batteries to power them, which it sounds like a pain in the ass, but it's actually really cool, because it does balance out like, whereas before, like, on my my main base planet Vandalia, which is in the Elysium system, because Vandalia is a paradise, I mean Ele- Vandalia is an amazing planet, and I built an amazing base if I don't say so myself, it's like it's bigger than any base that you see. It's like ten times the size of your normal trader outpost on the surface of a planet, um, and it had fifteen fucking landing pads or something like that. It, it, all that shit got stripped away. But it, but the big thing was where my greenhouse is, which is how I made all of my money initially. How I made my initial nut, um, which I think was like sixty million, and I used to just harvest uh, star bulbs or something. Or I can't remember what they're the big green white they're the big white flowery things I can't remember because they're all dead now. All my plant, all the plants are dead. Um, because they haven't been powered in forever. But it stops you from doing that capriciously, etc. So that's a good rebalancing of the game. And the survey scanner is just generally fun to use because you never know what you're going to find. You never know if it's going to be useful. It's also frustrating in that way. Also in the new and the good, this is something I only fucked around with one time, but there are now writable creatures on the surface of every planet. You can, you can feed them. You can, uh, you can't make them your pets. But you can learn what type of bait they like, and you become you can become as a friend of the show, uh, RKSer uh, remarked, "I have become space chef for creatures." <laughs> I don't know where where he is from, but he is hilarious. Um, writable creatures does 
I could see it making a difference in terms of the overall exploration you're able to accomplish on any planet on foot. The big limitation has always been, uh, you can summon your, you can summon your spaceship to you wherever the fuck you are, but you do need to replenish its landing fuel. And when you're in flight, it's not as good as when you're on foot. And when you're on foot, it's not as good as when you're in flight. So there's always been this in-between area, and I thought they were going to solve that with the introduction of Exocrafts prior to this new massive update. And they did in a way, but you do have to have Exocraft um, stations at a base for those to work. So that's a pain in the ass too, and the Exocraft require fuel, etc. So writable creatures is vastly preferable, especially if you if you find something, if you find a planet with like giant, enormous writable creatures, they can be very, very efficient or very small and fast writable creatures. Um, that's very cool. Oh, some of the other suit upgrades are interesting. One of my favorites is the Universal Translator, which comes in three different varieties. So now you can actually understand uh, on top of like the scattered bits of each individual species language that you've learned from knowledge stones or etc. You can now understand, a, you know, up to like 77% of what other other creatures are saying to you, depending on how, you know, good your knowledge of their actual language is. It comes in three uh, degrees of difficulty to assemble. Third degree difficulty to assemble requires uh, Corvax knowledge cubes, which are very difficult to find, um, but I have one. You know, I, I have I have the third upgrade. And then also, the there's a new upgrade to the mining laser that makes it super efficient and increases the yields out of everything that you get, which is also good. Um... The Nexus, though, and I'll close with this. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Oh, well, we got to leave it there, I guess, because we have to get to the deals. But the last thing I'll say is that the Nexus inside of the Space Anomaly, which provides a universal pan-dimensional meeting place for everyone on the server, is most welcome. It is super cool. Um, it, it changes the game a lot from what is basically a solitary experience. It's my experience of it. Um, cause it's like, there's not really a good reason to team up with anyone in the game. There didn't used to be, but now there is. Um, and now there is an effective way to team up with other people in the game. Makes it a truly multiplayer game if you want to go that way. I don't think more than four people can occupy a single system in the same Hilbert dimension. Um, but that's still more than enough. I mean, fuck. And you all can adventure together. Uh, although adventuring together for me is adventuring alone. But you can all do missions together and blah, blah, blah. And it makes it a lot easier to help each other and swapping items from each other's inventories and et cetera. Especially early on, I could see this being very cool. I might have to start a new game. Um, finally, we'll close with the tired. There are not as many new creature permutations as I, you know, types and plants as I would like. I did run into an entirely new type of system fucking 320 hours into the game that I'd never seen before. Had this space fog all over it outside of the planets. It was crazy. And it wasn't even designated as a new type of system. Um, some additions are more cosmetic, intermediaries to familiar resources. Um, there are no new random freighter encounters, which I found disappointing. And I think that they could use um, some new types of adventures, just in general, 
because they could add them in, you know, blah. But this is a humongous update. Uh, the, one last thing I will close on in terms of No Man's Sky is the economy overall is suffering from profound inflation due to the fact that there are players like me and players who are twice as old as me who've been playing the game twice as long as I have, and I've been playing the game for a long time now, um, who have tons of resources. So that's kind of a problem. Like, you know, some guy just randomly gave me at the Nexus uh, 10,000 un- 9,999 units of uh, activated indium or irradiated indium. That's $10 million worth of irradiated indium. Um, I didn't even notice it until later that I just thought he was like just ditching inventory. He was just giving it away to random people. Uh, and so that's a problem. Um, you know, I, there's room for generosity and stuff like that, but that, that that's a sign of inflation uh, server, you know, game-wide, and that's a bad, generally a bad thing, because it makes it so that there's like another class of players, you know, the, the graybeards, the ancient ones, like myself, who can afford to just give you $10 million worth of shit, but $10 million itself won't get you very far in the game, that's not even enough for a new ship in most cases, so you know, whatever. It was funny, though, that he gave it to me, because it's like, I have a hundred and seven, I have $168 million or, you know, credits or whatever. So anyway, that's the good, I promised you, I have delivered. Now, before we close, there's your No Man's Sky. It is fantastic. Uh, no Man's Sky still, now more than ever, is, earns our highest award, especially after this update, uh, worth full price, all price, any price, any day, all days, 24-7, any day of the week, any year of the century. It is, it's a it's a fantastic game. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. Has uh, minor action elements, but just the exploration is stunning. It is astonishing. Runs great on Linux. You will love it. If if you like space at all, I mean, it'll blow your nuts off. It'll blow your nuts off. You're not if you don't have nuts, you will, nuts will it will provide you with nuts, and then it will explode them off of your face. Um, now, before we get out of here, we'll do the deal. Sans music right now. Uh, oh, oops. Deals sans music because we only have three deals for you, but they're good ones. Uh, now through September 16th, the 12th through the 16th, so yesterday through the 16th, Focus Interactive is having a, uh, a huge sale. Three titles that leapt out to me that, uh, I've really loved over the last five years have been Vampire, Vampire, a great third person role playing game. Um, with uh, some action elements to it that are interesting. You can go back and listen to our full review of it. Vampire V-A-M-P-Y-R is 66% off at $16.99 and that's a very historically accurate but fucked up counterfactual retelling of the First World War uh, in a vampire ridden London and I can't wait till they make a sequel of that game I hate vampires, vampires are stupid I love that game that game was awesome when they make a sequel to it, it's gonna be even more awesome uh, then The Surge not The Scourge, The Surge S-U-R-G-E a game in which you go to work for this I can't remember the name of the company, but it's the mega corporation saving the world in every way from human reproduction to city building to resource harvesting carbon capture, etc. The new world goes through Megacorp, and so you show up for your first day at work and uh, they're like, we're shutting this tram station down immediately, and you're like whoa, I'm the only, you know, you're in a wheelchair, and uh 
you you pick a a work type from like these three different lines, and then they're like, okay, cool. Uh, we'll now be getting refitting you for your exosuit, and something goes really wrong in your exosuit refitting. But now you can walk, and now you are on the exploded part of the of the compound, and you have to fight. It's a beat 'em up. It's a high tech beat 'em up role playing game. Great graphics. Reminds me a lot of the old Bioshock, not the game that you think of, not the one with Rapture. I'm talking about Bioshock with. Uh, with you have two arms, one must be removed from like 1995. Um, the Surge is 75% off, $7.49. That is an amazing deal. And finally, Insurgency Sandstorm, a game that I guess I'm the only person who ever fucking played. I never beat it. I only played it for like, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. It was unbelievably cool. Um, Insurgency Sandstorm, which is a first person shooter, uh, single player, um, set in a uh, in a modern day counter-terrorist kind of situation but it's very uh, it's not like uh, tactical it's you know definitely a first person shooter Insurgency Sandstorm is 33% off now uh, through September 16th at $20.99 and that'll do us for the show finally we got the No Man's Sky check back next week we'll have um for that Friday, we will have, I think, a very, very interesting show with multiple game reviews in it. Uh, if not, then that'll be the following week. And until then, happy Friday the 13th. And let us hope that Ivor does not activate his machine at midnight. Ivor is a small machine. Cheers. Catch you later. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right Four or five times It is I, E.B. Farnham Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink And if I die, I'm gonna cry Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you We like to sing It only runs on Linux We like to go Yada yada yo Four or five times We're gonna have such fun Bebop one you're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, yada. Four or five times. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. It's fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.